Welcome to Cover Stories, the podcast where we talk to musicians we like about music they love. I'm your host, Eric, and every week I invite different artists to cover a song of their choice and discuss what it means to them. This week we have Joe and Lewis from Shaws of All with a stripped-down version of Señor by Bob Dylan. In addition to discussing Bob Dylan's influence on them, we debate the nuances of jam band stereotypes, reminisce about our first encounters with secondhand smoke at a show, joke about the nerdiness of 80s metal, talk about seeing recently deceased legends before they died, and what it's like to be in a band with two bass players. Shaws of All will be opening up for Kyle Hollingsworth of the band The String Cheese Incident on a mini Texas tour in Austin, Dallas, and Houston starting September 5th through September 7th. Stay up to date with the band on Facebook and Instagram at Shaws of All, that's S-H-A-W-S-O-F-A-W-E, and check them out on Spotify. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate us and subscribe. This is Cover Stories. All right, welcome to Cover Stories. I almost forgot the name of my podcast. <laughs> uh, my name is Eric. I'm here with Zach. What's up? I've got Joe and Lewis from Shaws of All. Hello. Hi. They will be covering uh, a Bob Dylan song, Senor. Um, and, uh, and yeah, let's just go ahead and get into it. Um, you guys are you like a funk band, kind of jam band. What made you decide to do this really mellow Bob Dylan song? It was probably actually the Jerry Fest show coming up because we we really got in. I got personally into the song uh, because of Jerry Garcia. Uh, my whole band was always into the Grateful Dead uh, before I joined the band. And Joe has always been an avid lover of uh, Bob. And I'd never been into either of them really until I got into the band. And this was kind of the song uh, that brought me into both of those realms. And That's so cool. I think it's a cool song to like uh, to show the bridge that i had to, had to cross to like really be in the same mindset as some of my bandmates it's definitely an interesting venn diagram but yeah there's that jerry garcia connection and um it, it's it's interesting you know this is a podcast about covers and bob dylan i feel like is one of those guys who gets covered there's there's like multiple lists of like the best covers of his songs and a lot of times we forget that like bob dylan was the original well i love like the 80s dead because yeah um there's like they started covering all these Bob tunes that I have to convince everyone else in the band. It's like, oh yeah, this is a badass song. Like you understand? Like, <laughs> you just can't tell him it's Bob. Yeah, you can't tell him it's Bob Dylan. It's like, oh, because like Bob Dylan's like, hey, baby. <laughs> Which one do you prefer? What 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 version of the song do you prefer? I I prefer the Jerry Garcia one. Yeah, but I have such respect for Bob Dylan and the song and just the struggle that it, it it's representative of. And I think it's really it's a beautiful song. Like, lyrically, it has so much uh, emotion, yeah, and, like really evocative. That you know, people who who think of nothing but uh, subterranean homesick blues, you know, just him yeah. listing stuff off. You know, they don't get you know, there's a very large, uh, later history of Bob's songwriting just flourishing. Yeah, um, it's interesting because the vibe, the whole vibe of the song feels definitely like hanging from a helicopter, leaving Saigon, <laughs> you know, it's, it's got that kind of Vietnam feel. And, and I, I, I'm doing my research about it, you know, do you, what do y'all think the song's about? Or do you know what the song's about? Uh, I, I've always thought it was about addiction and the, like fighting that addiction and just 
not even fighting it, but just being aware of your addiction while you're addicted. And like, personally, I have experience with that having gone through addiction. And so that's another, uh, another thing that ties me really closely to that song. It's just kind of a story of a man waiting for his fix. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of interpretation about it. Um, the literal, like the way he wrote the song was he was on a train from Mexico to California or Mexico somewhere. And this like old guy came on the train and he was so like fascinated by this old guy. He wanted to talk to him. He's the old man that he's talking about in the song. And he never got the gut, like the guts to go up to him and talk to him. Right when he decided to like go up, the guy got off the train and uh, a lot of people interpret that because this is right before his like his rebirth as a Christian when he changed. Yeah, yeah. So people think like, oh, like that guy represents the devil or that guy represents God, and you know, it's, there's a lot of different interpretations. And and I feel like the, the the bulk of it, obviously, you know, you interpret it how you interpret it, and I feel like what you said is very very on the nose, you know. And even if it's not literally what he was talking about, it's what he was talking about in that same kind of struggle. So yeah, uh, this was, uh, I was looking at uh, a few different things about this. Uh, I got kind of lost in a lot of podcasts talking about the album and about, you know, his just, how this had an effect on his, you know, career from here on out. Uh, This was voted, uh, rated the 100 best song by Bob Dylan, according to Rolling Stone. What are some of your other favorites or what what would you put, where would you put this on your list? You're the Bob expert, too. I mean, it'd probably be my top 10. Oh, yeah? There's a... I mean, like I was showing them earlier. Uh, I've been really into uh, Queen Jane off of Highway One Sixty One Revisited, which uh, just like the like it has no real chorus. It just has like a tagline at the end of every verse. Oh yeah. And we like uh, Lewis and I have talked about it before, like how Bob has this really cool tendency of not having choruses. Yeah. And just having like this like long extended verses and then a tag. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what else, what other ones were we, were we talking about recently. Yeah, Ballad with Thin Man's way up there. I'm just terrible in general with with names of songs. Like, I, I don't ever know names of songs. And I don't ever know lyrics to songs. As a vocalist, that's, that's probably a terrible thing. If you want to sing how they go, we, we can maybe we can figure <laughs> yeah, out. I always I always know the melody, and that's like that's, that's what my, where my focus is, I guess. Uh, simple twist of fate, like that whole uh, blood of the tracks album, like right after his divorce or whatever. Yeah, uh, just beautifully written. I think that's like one of my first. One of the first Bob albums that really shows that he's able to do more than just uh, make like witty references and like be self referential. He has like this like lyric quality that yeah his voice can't uh, actually do. <laughs> <laughs> Around the time he got because this came out, I think right before he got divorced or right as he was getting divorced, this album, and it also coincided with Elvis dying, and he was a big yeah. Elvis fan, and he had actually like. Uh, he considered doing a whole like Elvis tribute with like Elvis costumes tour. Someone had told me that one time. I didn't actually believe them. That would have been great. That would have been like awesome. (laughs) That that blows my mind just to think about. And it's always interesting to see these guys who are, you know, I'm essentially immortal guys like Bob Dylan and, and to think about like their heroes and like, you know, (laughs) and that's, it's it's a weird connection, but it totally makes sense at the same time. It's uh, it's fun to think about. We actually the the last episode we did was was Tom Petty, and I wanted to talk about the Wilburys traveling Wilburys, and hell yeah, and I was like, oh, it's just great because next episode we're gonna do is Bob Dylan. He's he's the the last one, right? The rest of them are dead. Tom Petty's dead. The George. guy from ELL's dead. George is dead. Orbison's yeah, Orbison, dead. Damn, yeah, yeah, he's the last traveling Wilbury. <laughs> 
So it's it's yeah, it's, it's interesting to see to think about his, you know, how he's kind of transcended time and and he's been relevant still, you know. Yeah, like, like his album like his, the last two or three albums that that he's put out are like a return to like form for him. Yeah. His voice is so like out here and gravelly and you can't understand the damn word he says. But I I love how his voice is matured. Yeah, yeah, like his voice actually sounds better now with age. <laughs> And like he like he's brought back like a good blend of like the lyricism and like references like he's going like way pulling back from like depression era stuff again and like his imagery and it's really cool now because of what people are starting to realize about the rest of the world and how they're not yeah like, well off. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting that you guys chose this song too because I mean it was written in seventy six or seventy seven. And it's still relevant today. I think some yeah. people could even put like an there's an immigrant aspect to it too. Well, I've always thought of it because like the, the the subtitle is like Tales of Yankee Power. Yeah. So I've always like interpreted it as like uh like someone asking about like their hometown, like you know back in like a third world uh, you know, country, and like asking like an American soldier, like you know, like hey, señor, like can you uh can you tell me what's going on? Yeah, that's actually. I was wondering if that was part of the reason why I chose it. Um. It's because of the, the relevance today with everything that's going on. Because we're brown. Because we're the only yeah. brown members <laughs> yeah. of Shaws of All. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> Team Brown. That's why we wouldn't allow the others. <laughs> um, maybe we can get you guys, all of y'all, next, next season when we, when we kind of expand a little bit. Um, so, uh, you know, I was talking about how you know, Bob Dylan got this huge discography and there's so many songs that are his original that, that, that have been covered and the cover is actually more famous than his. Like, you know, all along the watchtower, people forget yeah. that's a Bob Dylan song. Um, do y'all have any favorite covers of his that other people do? Oh, I was, sh- I was showing him the other day. Uh, we were driving, uh, we're driving back after work and, uh, we were playing, uh, music from big pink. The first, uh, the band album, I'm like, he didn't know. And I was like, yeah, like the band started off as, or before, like when they became the band, they started off as Bob Dylan's backing band after he got in his motorcycle accident. Oh, wow. And uh, the they spent time up in this house that Bob owned in uh, Woods, uh, Woodstock, and it was called Big Pink, like this giant pink house. He wrote all these tunes that there's like there's like the basement tapes and like that. That it's him with the band singing. It sounds horrible. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Bob Dylan singing. <laughs> but then he gives them to the band, and like the band has fantastic vo- like vocally, like so much emotion. Yeah, and uh, so it was like uh, Tears of Rage is like this slow like ballad almost about a guy um, like feeling lost as he watches his daughter grow. Bob didn't have a kid at the time, and like Robbie Robertson, the, one of the singers for the band, was like reading it and was like, "How did Bob tap into this yeah. feeling that he like has no experience with exactly?" And me as a father, like this is like bringing me to tears. So it's a slow song, and that's how they would open the album. That's like, you awesome. have to be ballsy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think that you know, it's always like you know, we talk about like the, that era of, of songwriters and as storytellers and, and essentially authors. You know, they, yeah. they they're basically writers, and to think about that, like it's real easy and not easy. It's, it's difficult enough to write off your own experience, but to like put yourself in shoes like that. Yeah, it's nuts to think about. Um, 
I always, uh, I always, one of like my favorite is I love Old Crow Medicine Show's version of Wagon Wheel. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was a Bob Dylan song until like five years ago. <laughs> they wrote like he he wrote like part of it and then they finished. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like he, he didn't do a complete version of it. They they took like parts of his notes and stuff and like completed the song. Um, but the first <laughs> the first time I heard that was from my brother. Uh, with like it was like one of Against Me's first EPs. Oh, really? Yeah, the yeah. acoustic EP. Uh, not not the acoustic EP. It's, it's the other one because acoustic oh, EP has Armageddon. Disco before the breakdown. Yeah, disco before the breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like yeah, like I was like hell yeah, this is an awesome folk punk tune. I'm like <laughs> yes, and I'm like bang, this is I'm you know, driving down the street, and then I heard that and I was like wait, what? yeah, <laughs> you're all these harmonies in the song. Like, what the- <laughs> I think I found out through karaoke. I had a, a friend do it at karaoke, <laughs> and it was it was like it was the Darius Rucker version, which I'm not a big fan of. Uh, nothing against Darius Rucker. I like Hootie. Everyone yeah. loves Hootie, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not real big on his solo career. But um, but yeah, I saw. I'm like, yeah, the Old Crow Medicine Show. The original version is better. And I saw like Bob Dylan wrote. I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, the things we learn through karaoke. Yeah, <laughs> actual words. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah not me. <laughs> so um so yeah how do you guys uh how would you guys describe your sound uh it's <laughs> well, yeah, yeah it, it's, exactly it, it's, 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 it's incredibly cliche to sound like oh yeah we're like we sound like everything but we all have really different backgrounds so like for me i came up playing in like blues bar bands uh-huh. uh for like 10 years before i really started doing anything else and like, i was doing that like, when i was in college playing in bar bands playing in bar bands playing in bar bands so I like this like really blues background. Like when when, when you know, we were in high school, uh, I was the weird one like rolling around listening to like Elmore James and like <laughs> tripping on acid <laughs> in the band hall. Yeah, uh, doing that. Uh, doing doing uh, wandering around the band hall. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like there's all we all have these weird backgrounds. You know, when I met Lewis, Lewis was playing like in like a folk metal metal band. <laughs> it, was, it was a duo of just guitar and vocals and. It was all folk music that we would play, but I come from a very, I guess, traditional metal, you would say, background. Ryan James Dio, uh, Bruce Dickinson. Uh, yeah. uh, good, good, good old 70s British steel. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know like British singers. And, and like he's saying, uh, everybody in the band comes from a different background. Peyton, our, our other bass player, is pretty much jam band, Temptations. Johnny, our guitar player, is Funkadelic. Andy, our other guitar player, is Grateful Dead. Uh, and then our drummer is hip hop. So like, <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. You mix folk, metal, R and B, Grateful Dead, and whatever else I said. <laughs> that's kind of what we sound like. <laughs> but like I've, I've like I've like I've played in you know, jazz bands and country bands and tribute bands and you name it. I've probably faked my way through it. So we have a really weird idea of where we're taking things. And, and like you know, we're a jam band, so there's a good amount of weirdness going on. And when it gets weird, like you, you can hear like individual influences, like everyone like has, like weird. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like sometimes we like yodel like cats into like the microphone, it really throws people off. Like I don't, I don't think bars are ready for that stuff. <laughs> it's 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 like five years away. Yeah. <laughs> well, like we, you know, do, we do a lot of improv, and it's fun being a vocalist getting to improv. <laughs> oh, I, I don't to just be another instrument. And I remember one time after a show, I got called out by a fan for not speaking a, a language. <laughs> I, I was just making utterances. And apparently, uh, he thought it was wonderful. And I told him that I was trying to like imagine being underwater because I, I sang half of a verse about fish. And then I just started making noises. 
I mean, Anthony Kiedis gets away with it, so why not? He does. I'm not exactly sure how. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I I remember growing up and and like listening to Chili Pepper songs like in the pre-internet age where like we couldn't look up lyrics, and (laughs) I just thought that like I just didn't know the lyrics. I was like making up like what he was saying, but no, that's actually what he was saying. (laughs) He was just saying a bunch of gibberish. It's kind of great to think about, like, oh wow, like this this worked, and they sold millions of records, and. I'm like Lewis doesn't have it's not gibberish like it all makes sense but you're not exactly entirely sure why it makes sense <laughs> like it leaves you puzzled sometimes and then you're like you know what like something's about to kick in I need a beer and then they wander <laughs> off or either that or they like lay down on the floor we played a couple of gigs where like people are like so far gone and like they're tripping just like on the floor there was that <laughs> the one silent disco show the not so silent disco show where I couldn't hear anything. So I was literally just singing noises that on the, the drum pad, the flat drum pad that I could hear behind me. And after the show, this, this guy walks up and he goes, man, I'm blown away. That was, that was probably the most experimental music I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, I'm glad you liked it. I had no idea what just happened. Um, what, are, what are some other jam bands? I know when you talk about Fish and Grateful Dead, are there any other jam bands that you guys are into? Uh, I like Fish. I like Old Fish. Like... But like I, I have a problem with like some jam bands and like uh, yeah, I have a problem with some jam bands where like they just feel like it's like oh we get to the guitar solo and here's this pedal. Andy, I didn't say the names. That's, that's messed up, dude. That's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, look, I threw him yeah. off with that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like I consider funkadelic, especially like One Nation Under a Groove era, oh, yeah. like super jam band. Um, Michael Kidd Hampton. Is a wizard on guitar, but like, like I was, I was showing them like some uh, widespread panic stuff. I got really into widespread for a while, and they're like, they're, they're complementary to uh, the dead in that like they they have like a very blues and like rock background. I've always felt like they're like the Greta Van Fleet to like Grateful Dead. <laughs> like, Greta Van Fleet to Zeppelin is them to the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Widespread's like uh, I don't know, like I've I've heard stories of people from those shows and like. They talk about how like brutal their fans are. Oh, really? Like people just like getting the crap kicked out of them, and like, oh wow, like like shooting up in the middle, like the, the, the like. I was what? like, what the, f- what? Real like, you, fans. You don't, you don't get this at all. <laughs> Jeez, it's like the opposite of good vibes, and man. Think, all the deadheads do is are carry around nos <laughs> and wheels and fill up balloons for kids. Yeah. Huh? My my favorite, one of my favorite jokes as a kid was, "What did the Grateful Dead?" fans say when he ran out of weed i don't know this band sucks <laughs> <laughs> oh i was gonna I, say if he's a real fan he doesn't run out of weed yeah <laughs> um uh, ground score <laughs> i don't know if you would consider i mean they've got jam elements but like yola thango i saw them at fun 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 festival uh, a few years ago and uh, I, I'm, I'm familiar with like a little bit of their stuff i just wanted to see them just to say i saw them yeah and I was waiting to see another band, but they were doing this little groove that was really cool. And they did it for like five minutes. I didn't want to leave because I thought it was going to turn into something really cool. <laughs> just like that, that Simpsons episode where the Yakuza's fighting and that one guy's just standing there. And Homer's like, we can't go inside. That guy's going to do something fucking cool. And then as soon as he goes inside, he, he like kicks, yeah, oh, he kicks the guy through a window. So I was waiting there and this baseline is just going over and over. And I wasn't, I wasn't under any kind of drugs whatsoever. So I was just like... Like, hey man, you guys, you guys, come on, yeah, carry on. And finally, I just left. I went to go see another band that I really wanted to see, and I was talking to a friend who stayed. He's like, "Yeah, dude, it just ended after like ten more minutes. <laughs> 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 so it went all the way through." 
That's how, that's how we get you. <laughs> I haven't seen. I haven't seen them. Like I've heard they're, they're that good. they put on like a, a really like high energy show. I mean, it's. I don't think it's for festivals. Oh, yeah. They're kind of like a jam band. I know jam band's kind of like a stereotypical uh, fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, that's the kind of band. Like Nutrimilk Hotel played that same year, and I love Nutrimilk Hotel, but I was not into seeing it <laughs> next, like shoulder to shoulder with this girl with dreadlocks trying to get me to buy her uh, brownies. Ah, uh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, it's a. It's just a different kind of element. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that. Uh, Jam bands in general are, are really interesting. I know they get a bad rep now, but it's fun. And I, I think it's one of those things. It's like baseball. It's more fun to play sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. We're trying to kind of transition from to from a jam band to more of a structured jam band where we actually like... Joe and I are kind of the main songwriters right oh, cool. now, at least with, with what we're coming up with in new material. And the direction we're moving in is more like a song with a section set out for jamming in and then we have your cues to go in and out of so you could do whatever you want in between but like the rest of the song is pretty structured that's cool i, I like that it's very it reminds me of like james brown like i had so-and-so <laughs> guitar and you play like a little solo i got so-and-so on bass it, it's cool to, to see those elements i think those that, that makes it fun for sure one, one of the reasons i like dead is like they have songs and like some jam bands i've seen nowadays like even like older jam bands i've seen nowadays is just like jamming without like actual songwriting yeah so like there's no there's nothing to like bring you in to wait for when they come out of like shred fest you know they make it yeah like, like dirty face no like I, I, was, I was showing them like uh, some zappa albums the other day and like zappa is like where jam band should be going like so written out so like methodic on how Jordan. he approaches stuff and then also completely ridiculous yeah <laughs> <laughs> Like I was singing about like moving to Montana to raise dental, dental floss, floss. <laughs> <laughs> to be a dental floss tycoon. Like <laughs> absurd or genius? Comme uh, combi. Yeah, it's a, it's a good Venn diagram. <laughs> it's like in the middle right there. Um, I I Zap is a guy I've always wanted to get into, but, but it's it's kind of like taking what's the blue pill in the Matrix. Yeah. Like once you go in, like you can't get out. Yeah, that's a deep <laughs> rabbit hole. Have you seen that Mark Marin thing where he's like talking about? Um, Listen to Captain Beefheart for the first time. Oh, really? <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, like, like, picks up like one of Beefheart's albums, and it's like, you know, he's talking about like some twenty year old dude's like, oh, Beefheart, man, like you're in for it now. It's like, <laughs> it's it's a like, very what the fuck? I'm like, like thirty years older than you, man. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, I know we talked a little bit about Fish, but um, I I didn't realize how good a guitarist Trey Anastasio was until like maybe a decade ago. Oh man. I always associated Fish with, like, I, I mean, I kind of put him on the same line of, of, I mean, obviously Grateful Dead had great riffs, too, but, like, it's always just been, like, more folksy, and then I think maybe Guitar Hero, maybe, <laughs> he was amazing. What's, what, what song did they have on Guitar Hero? I don't know. It's it's one of, I think it's, like, two part two or part three. Does it change every time you play it? <laughs> that would be great. I'd love to hear, like, jam band we Guitar making, Hero. We keep on making jokes, but, like, Lewis has, his, Lewis has his genius idea. It's all Lewis's idea. I have nothing to do with this. Lewis has this genius idea to like have parts of songs that only get played on like the hundredth, like <laughs> yes, play of the album. So like you hear like this extra like five minutes of stuff. And it's like wait, what? It started with the DVDs, and I was like, <laughs> wouldn't that be cool if there was some way to program that every hundredth time this movie was played, it would add fifteen minutes of deleted footage <laughs> that would be amazing. But in yeah. random spots, so that like you'd be like. 
I'm telling you, this part was in there. And then you go to your friends and they'd be like, dude, it's the same movie that we saw like last time we saw it. And he's like, no, no, no. And he'll watch it maybe 40 more times. And then like 20 years later, he'll see it again and lose his mind. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's like the, what's it called? The uh, Mandela effect. Yeah. That's, that's, that's super like Kaufman-esque. When I say Kaufman, I mean Andy Kaufman-esque. <laughs> Charlie Kaufman's cool, but whenever I say Kaufman-esque, I mean Andy Kaufman. That's something I could see him doing <laughs> if you were so. I have a funny story about fish. Yeah. Um, I was never a fan growing up. I, I can listen to them now, and I mean, they have some really good songs Joe has showed me. But uh, when I was young, my mother worked at a Pizza Hut in Hershey Park Arena. And oh, cool. so she would work the stadium when there'd be musical acts coming through, like Celine Dion, Fish, Meatloaf, Meatloaf, Eagles. And I was lucky enough to basically have the security guards there be my babysitter, so to speak. So I was like nine years old running around Hershey Park Arena while my mom Barefoot was managing naked. Pizza Hut. <laughs> and so I remember one time specifically, I didn't know fish who they were at the time. I was nine years old. I should have, if I was a real fish, <laughs> fish fanatic, I, I, I would have. But all I remember asking my mother is, what's that smell? <laughs> and she looked down at me and she goes, honey, that's marijuana and feet. <laughs> I said, okay. That was my fish story. <laughs> um, so I, I take it that's your first experience with secondhand marijuana smoke yeah i believe it was do you remember yours joe was it like out the womb like second (laughs) second hand yeah like when you're one in both hands Uh, what is that like i woke up like i'd fallen asleep my buddy like we're driving we're driving somewhere and i fall asleep in his truck and i was like in ninth career like we're like freshmen oh really maybe before before that and uh i'd fallen asleep and i woke up like cotton mouthed and eyes are tight yeah yeah like like (laughs) Looking like looking for like dental floss and like blindfold me to like block out all the light, and then I, like I finally like come to more and like the car is just full of smoke. Oh wow! Uh, we had another hour to drive, <laughs> and I, didn't want to roll down the window. I was talking like specifically like at a show. Like, oh, at a show? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, second hand. Mine. I, I, if you want time to think, my, mine was at at Warped Tour two thousand one. <laughs> where, where, where was that? Uh, I was just here. Was here? To, I went to one of the warp tours in Florida. I can never remember the year. Um, Three Eleven was playing, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> my, I was twelve or so. My cousin, who was in college, he looks down at me and he's like, "You know what that smell is?" <laughs> he didn't have a country accent. <laughs> but that's a fact. You know what that smell is, yeah. boy? <laughs> you know what that smell is, son? And I, I felt, yeah, <laughs> America. I, I felt like I was floating, and I was like, "Oh, I, I get it now. I get why these guys do this." Now, <laughs> now I remember I, I went to a, I went to a, like I had, a, I had a buddy that when I went out to college that had gotten some ACL tickets, and I, I came down with him. I saw I saw like I saw Pearl Jam that year. I saw uh, this really badass dude, and like I've heard another couple albums from him, like Jesse Woods, who's like a traveler and like mm-hmm. records all his album on a MacBook. And uh, but I saw the B 52s that year, oh, yeah. and like. They put on a fucking fantastic show. I bet, yeah. And like, there's like, I'm like pretty close to the stage, and in front of me is like this like late 40s, early 50s like dad <laughs> with his like daughter. Like, like she she might have been 18, but like, yeah. So like, dad, daughter, wife, and I'm like holding all these beer cans. So I wait for my friends to come back. And it's like juggling, like <sighs> all right, and, like doing this dance. The guy looks looks at me like, hey, you should put one down on the floor. It's like, dude. Fucking genius! <laughs> I don't know. That's not like you to listen to that, Joe. It wasn't because then he goes like, "Hey man, like you want to hit?" <laughs> I was like, 
aren't you someone's dad? <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused. because like, this is a like, middle-aged white dad. <laughs> Did he have a ponytail? I just imagined. No, no, he was a like, 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 I, I, I thought he was a cop at first because like, he was like bald. He was like bald and he had like, like such like good posture and shit. Like he looked, he looked like he knew how to use a taser. <laughs> I was like really confused. Like, wait, that's entrapment. That's five to 10. Shit. <laughs> um, so Lewis, you said that you, you had like um, a, a metal singer upbringing. Um, who are, I know you mentioned a few, but who are some of your favorites? It have to be Bruce Dickinson. Bruce Dickinson. Iron Maiden. Yeah. Uh, huge fan. I think he's a great vocalist. Uh, even though Harris writes most of the lyrics, I love the lyrics that they talk, the, they discuss anything from history to fantasy. Um, but Ronnie James Dio, uh, Rob Halford uh, from Judas Priest. Yeah. Uh, Matt Barlow is a really good singer. And Worl Dane uh, is one of my idols. He's from Sanctuary and from a band called Nevermore. Okay. Uh, he has like a four octave range. It's incredible. Sounds like a very, very high squeak to a very, very low <laughs> squeak. I think it's 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 interesting to think about like these these one like what you mentioned about Iron Maiden is that I love that they're super nerdy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love like, it. Never, Dio too, like yeah. Dio too. It's all about fantasy. Um, Slaying I, dragons. Before before Dio died, I really wanted him to open up a food truck and call it <laughs> Hoagie Diver. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I totally would have bought for me. I need to press the. Punch. <laughs> wow! Like all the like the, the radio DJ like and effects. We have some on here. But we I don't know which one's which. So One of them is like it. thirty seconds long though, so we don't remember which. So I wanted to like take over. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get more dad jokes into this uh, podcast. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's awesome. I mean, the, it's it's interesting to see like metal singers from the '80s were kind of. I mean, there's almost an operatic yeah that's, that's one of the aspects i love about them is how operatic they are yeah. and how they enunciate yeah. and how you can understand them and i've always had like a natural vibrato and they've made it so i don't feel out of place with that it's cool and, and you know uh, i remember talking to my dad about like 80s metal and he was never a fan of Skid Row, but he was just like, man, that guy can sing. You know, <laughs> Sebastian Bach. Sebastian Bach is so cool. <laughs> like, he just shows up randomly in, like, in, in Trailer Park yeah, Boys. Just, <laughs> I was like, man, this guy is actually pretty fucking hilarious and also has a fucking fantastic voice. Like, yeah. And it's funny because most of those, I guess the same goes for their fans, but most of those leads that I mentioned are, like, renowned to be, like, the humblest and, like, the kindest yeah. people. And the metalheads that I've met at those shows are always the same way. And it's like a great reflection. I think the fans to the, to the music or the people behind it. That's cool to hear. Um, I, I, I don't have as much experience with metal in, in general. I, I feel like the show, I mean, being in San Antonio, it's hard to avoid metal. So like it's ingrained in me one way or the other. Um, but I didn't really get out to like a lot of metal shows. I think the closest thing was like new metal shows and like, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. In talking to a lot of people on this podcast, you know, it's it's interesting to see how the scene has kind of gotten more inclusive, and it's cool to hear that, like, you, you know, from the metal scene in general, like, those are the type of people you feel would be snobs about it, <laughs> yeah. And to hear that they're pretty humble is pretty cool. The one thing they might do, and I guess all fans are guilty of it, is not give a certain genre a chance because yeah. it's not in the metal coolness or whatever you, what you would call it like oh i'm not i can't listen to that because i'm metal <laughs> and it might be great music that they would love you know was, <laughs> didn't rob zombie get that that japanese those japanese girls what are they called what? it's like these japanese girls and they sing 
like they sing like J-pop, but it's over like metal riffs. I can't remember what they're called. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> and he got them to like like he, they opened for him. Damn. And they, he, of course, a lot of people were being snobs about it, and he yeah, like, yeah. put out like a press like, hey, like these chicks rock, man. You know, <laughs> that's pretty cool. it was it, it was interesting to see that. Is that baby metal? Baby metal. That's baby what metal. it is. They're literally yeah. called yeah, baby metal. Baby metal. metal, which is like a great band name all by itself. Yeah. <laughs> which. I'd, I'd like to think that that was a genre that babies yeah. are just into. <laughs> babies it's like, are it's like, it's like super like M- low maternity wards everywhere. And it's played on like Celeste and Hans <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Martinet. And <laughs> Tonight in the maternity ward, we have Simon playing baby metal <laughs> on his synth. There is a point in time I, I got into Yo Gabba Gabba because I had cousins. <laughs> and it wasn't because of my cousins because I like Yo Gabba Gabba. <laughs> Um, uh, like honesty. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I wanted to like make like punk songs before kids, like Misfits Attitude <laughs> would be apple juice. Let's <laughs> all go get some apple juice. <laughs> um, there's definitely a, 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 a spot for that, you know, with baby metal. I feel like that could be a thing. Well, like I, 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 I've always metal. had this idea for like have Snoop Dogg doing like hip hop versions of nursery rhymes. Yeah, I, I feel like somebody's done that. Has someone done that, man? Like, well, I, 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 just, I just wanted to be like Snoop Dogg because, like, just his like inflation. So I see Snoop Dogg do it. Round the room, <laughs> and then he opened up a door. <laughs> well, as as great as Snoop Dogg would be doing that, DMX did Christmas carols. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that video of it. Yeah, <laughs> there was, it was a, awesome. Oh man, my, my friends and I were trying to think of the most like vulgar. Rap songs we could think of, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, but there's I don't know if you heard of Brother Lynch Hung. No. <laughs> he has some interesting music. Anyway, he did he did a whole Christmas album too. So uh, <laughs> if you know him or don't, look it up and then think about him doing a Christmas album. <laughs> well, uh, what's his face? Blowfly was here before he died. Um, you know, Blowfly the the rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, I'm trying to think when he was here. I think it was it was a while. He died a, a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah. I really wanted to go, and I was in those situations where, like, he had to come like twice in like the last year and a half. I'll go to the next one, and he died. So I'm like, man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens. I was lucky enough to see Dio before he passed. Oh, really? When you mentioned like people going, oh yeah, wow! Um, I actually saw him at Selma, and it was a great show. It was the Metal Masters Tour, is what it was called. And there was Testament. It was Motorhead with Lemmy, oh, and oh, then it was uh, Ronnie guy. James Dio with uh, uh, Rainbow. No, 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 it was with Black Sabbath. So oh, they, oh, they were um, damn oh, heaven and hell is what they call it. Yeah, yeah, oh, cool. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the headliners were uh, Judas Priest with Halford. Oh, uh, wow. damn. Front, yeah. After their uh, was it Armageddon? Armageddon album? Yeah. No, Nostradamus. No, no, Nostradamus. Yeah. yeah we're talking about the other day. Yeah, it was uh, a pretty cool show. It was on Rob Halford's birthday too, <laughs> so it was wonderful because the after the last song that Judas Priest did, Ronnie James Dio and Lemmy and all those guys came out with a birthday cake and his like love slave was there too like, <laughs> in, a gimp, in like a gimp mask like wheeling out the cake and they all like we all sang happy birthday to Rob Halford the whole stadium and it was really really cool or the that's amphitheater cool. that, that's an amazing experience I'm like super jealous you know <laughs> that's just so cool like that's something you see on, on TV and that, that, that happened to you that's dope <laughs> well we, we got really lucky like talking about people who we got to see right before they died uh, you know Dr. John died you know last month we got lucky to play the Silent Disco at Utopia Fest like two years ago. Oh, cool! And uh, like I was working in Odessa, and I drove down from Odessa to like come come play the gig. I was like, hell yeah, I'm not gonna miss 
like yeah. you know, like this, this some serious shit. And we get there like all early. Then we have like backstage pass with like VIP. Fucking rock star. This fucking band. We're sitting on the back and like you, like Lewis, myself, and Andy are our, our other guitar player. We're like waiting in the back area at the stairs for Doctor John to come up. And then his band gets there and they're like, everyone tune up. Blah 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 blah. Two minutes before the set starts. They get to drive Dr. John down and on a bejeweled like, golf cart. <laughs> like, like, straight up, like, who, like, pimp my ride, fucking golf cart. And he walks out with two canes and just, like, <laughs> stumbles up the stairs and does the show. And it's. He sounded so good. Yeah, like, he sounded so good. So, so awesome. And then, like, the last song was, like, uh, Right Place, Wrong Time. Yeah, I think that he did. That is I mean, an, other encore. Another encore, yeah, song. yeah. And then, and then, like halfway, like before the song even finishes, he just like stumbles off stage again and get, <laughs> get, get, gets in his, you know, his ride and <laughs> they drive him off. And we had to spend, we got to hang out with like the rest of the band, and they're like, oh yeah, like Doctor John's like you know like like a mentor to us. It's like, dude, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> and like, oh, we're like, oh man, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. Um, I always and think of, died. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Like, the end. Everyone, <laughs> everyone <laughs> died. I always like to think about like those guys who've just been doing it forever, and then that's their life. Now they just get golf carts out, and then <laughs> they like punch in, put on an amazing show, and then punch out and like go that's to why sleep. Every one of those guys. There was a owns festival, a golf, a golf cart <laughs> rental supply. There was that festival where like after we played, like we stole a golf cart and like drove around at, like four o'clock in the morning, drunk. Yeah, and, no, like, you guys stole drugs. a golf cart, and then at four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> drove it into my tent while I was trying to sleep. <laughs> And, I, and the only reason I know this is not because it woke me up, but because I woke up in the morning and went to sit up and hit my head on a golf cart that had, been, that had bent my tent in right in front. I'm pretty sure I had left by that point, though. <laughs> Have you guys done a lot of tours, or you just kind of play here and there? We haven't done any tours. Like, we'll, 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 we'll do, like, a good set of shows and then, like, step back for a while. But we've gotten a chance to do a lot of like local festivals, some kind of, some kind of like minor things. We've we've went to, we've done a Colorado show. I don't think you were with yeah, us I wasn't, at that yeah. time. But we do have a tour coming up with Kyle Hollingsworth yeah. um, through Central Texas. So that'll be cool. When's that? September. September? The 5th, 6th? Is somewhere yeah, fifth, sixth, uh, uh, fr- uh, Thursday, from, Friday, from, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Strangies from Strangies Incident. Oh, cool. cool. His, this- his, uh, his, the keyboard player's like side project. Yeah. This podcast should be released by then. Hello. <laughs> well, then next week. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that, that's cool. Um, you you went to school UNT, right? <laughs> I wish. Oh really? Okay. No, I, no, no. That you, I feel like I, Denton I, is like you remind I, me of Denton. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I applied like I never really. Is that a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> I never really. Uh, uh, I, yeah, like I remember like we were in high school. Uh, if y'all don't know, uh, Eric and I went to high school together. Seven years uh, of band together. Yes, marching wow. band. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And. Uh, like everyone's like all getting pumped to like uh like go to college and stuff. I was like, I'm just gonna be like, I'm gonna open up a taco stand and like write poetry. I remember you said that exactly. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that same like yeah. tone. I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna like open up a taco stand. I don't know why like, I thought you went to UNT. I was gonna, <laughs> I was about to ask you about the Denton scene, but I guess we can just throw that. Yeah. Out. <laughs> it's funny because now you cook tacos and make music. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty much you know. <laughs> kind, of, kind of what your dream was. Musical man. <laughs> yeah, good job, Joe. And uh, like, I applied for like two schools, and I applied for like St. John's University in New York. And, oh, dude, me too. And Angelo State University in the middle of West Texas. Okay, that I thought you went there for. No, I went there and then I left, and okay. then I went back there. Then I went back there for my master. So I, so I don't know how I got mixed up with Angelo State and UNT, but I mean they both have Texas. Yeah, and where they located. That's how it happens. <laughs> um, so um, we're kind of running. Short on time and stuff. Uh, we're not short on time, but we're kind of reaching an end here. Uh, is there anything 
you guys want to plug? You have a Spotify or website or anything? Uh, I mean, check us out. Shawls of all. S H A W S of of all. Hopefully, of hopefully you spell that because I'm <laughs> not going to waste the precious moments. <laughs> like an all, like you wear like A W L. Yeah, like, like a shawl <laughs> of all. <laughs> Uh, we we have we have two songs. <laughs> we, ju- we just made that so hard for yeah. everybody. That sounds like a Forever Twenty One band. Like, Shaws of all, Shaws of all. We are looking for sponsorship. <laughs> uh, we we have two songs on on Spotify uh, with a, a previous lineup of the band. And like, what's cool about this band is like it's constantly changing and we're just being, mean. yeah. We just but but like on. but like like the the core the core kind of group has, has been together for a while, and uh, <laughs> it's it's a really huge band. Um, so I did it. We have two songs on Spotify. Uh, you can look up uh, uh, one's a reggaeton and, and funky thing, funky thing. I get better to make sure you say it thing. Like it's very particular about it. If you like mis- mispronounce it. Um, but like the, the, it's a big band. We have two guitar players, a drummer, a percussionist. One of the guitar players doubles on keys. I play keys. Sometime I yell, you yodel. Uh, there's yell, two yodel. bass players. I was okay. That's what I thought I heard. How there does, are two bass players. I, I'm interested in that. How does that work? Like, it depends. Is it left and right, or Hayden holds it down, and Joe does magic over top of it. <laughs> like, because I, 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 I was the original bass player, and then I like started teaching, like, like you know, doing teaching stuff. And I couldn't do the gigs, so like, like I was like, man, like I can't, like, I can't do any more. Blah, blah blah. They brought Peyton in. I was like, cool, man. Like, like Peyton, a solid motherfucker. Like, hell yeah. He couldn't do some gigs like during the summer thing. Like he was, like, he was doing something. And I was like, oh. I'm a teacher. I don't do shit during the summer. <laughs> so like, I did all these these summer shows and then I moved back to the area and I was like, yeah, we're just going to do it with two bass players. And at first it was like weird because we weren't, weren't, we weren't really sure how it was going to work. And we got a chance to see uh, Dumpster Funk. They have two two bass players. Oh, really? They're like a New Orleans, like, uh, this is like the, the Neville Brothers' sons. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic musicians. And we're like, okay, well, we'll try it. So like there's some songs where... Like, but we trade off bass parts. There's okay. some songs where, like, he'll play something and I'll echo it. There's some songs where I just play lead bass. That's a cool dynamic. I like that. And we're writing some stuff now to where Joe actually works a horn line from. Yeah, so I'm playing like horn lines so on like, bass. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like this really cool synth pedal and it's like let me do be, be dumb. And then let's make a lot of fart noises like like yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, on the new album that. there are a lot of fart noises. A lot we do of have fart an album noises. coming out uh, hopefully end of the year, beginning of the next year. Cool, cool. Um, I'm glad you said another band with two bases because the only one that comes to my mind is Butt Trumpet, <laughs> um, which is a real band if you have <laughs> never awesome. heard of them. Yeah. Uh, they got big in the mid-90s. They had like a major label. Um, but yeah. Um, well, hey, uh, thank you guys for coming on. I'm really excited to hear. This. Oh, what's up? I have one thing for you. Sure. Uh, how many Scott kids that take the screen light bulb? <laughs> how many? Two. One to screw in the light bulb, one to drop it, and the first one to pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. I had to say that. <laughs> and that'll do it for the show today. <laughs> oh, such a good, great note to end on. How can we, how can we top that? I don't know. Uh, but no, no, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, I'm excited to hear. Um, Shawls of Awe doing Senor by Bob Dylan. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Road for Armageddon. 
Feels like I've been down this road before Is there any truth in that, senor? Senor, senor, senor Do you know where she's hiding? How long gonna be riding? How long do I keep my eyes glued to the door? Will there be any comfort there, senor? There's a wicked wind still blowing on that upper deck. There's an iron cross still hanging down from around the neck. There's a marching band still playing in that vacant lot. Well, she held me in her arms one time and said, Forget me now, Senor, Senor, Senor. I can see the painted wagon, smell the tail of the dragon. Oh, I can't stand the suspense anymore. Can you tell me who to contact, senor? Disconnect 
these cables Please don't look the same to me no more Can you tell me what we're waiting for, Senor? 